everyone, and welcome back to Run on Thought Podcast with your host, Jess Stratton. I'm so happy that you are here today and so excited to talk about the episode I have planned. I am super passionate about what we're going to talk about today, but also want to point out that I'm really actually struggling with this right now. So I think it's going to be really interesting to talk about because I'm going to be offering things up that I'm actually physically, emotionally, literally in pro- in the process of doing in my life right now and trying to incorporate. So I think it's kind of cool for those of you who chose to listen to this episode. I'm assuming that you are also struggling with this. So I think it's going to be kind of cool that we can connect over this struggle and hopefully it can spark a conversation between me and you guys. But also I hope that it sparks a conversation between you guys and somebody else in your life that maybe maybe this gives you the courage to open up about it because you realize that more people are struggling with this than you think. I am kind of just want to point out that I have gotten many questions about topics similar to this on my Instagram like how do I listen to my body? How do I intuitively eat and what does that mean? And I'm going to address all of that in this episode, but I want to boil it down to what I really think the main issue is, and it's that we don't trust our body. We don't trust our body, and this trickles down into so many different things, like not knowing how to work out, not knowing how to eat, because we don't understand how to listen to our body's cues aka our body's voice, and how to act based off of that because we just don't trust our body to begin with. So I'm making this episode because one, like I said, I'm really struggling with this right now, but I've also reflected on my past and how how I didn't listen to my body as an athlete and how that translated into not good outcomes to say the least. So I want to talk about all the things that I feel like I've learned on this, but also all of the things that I'm currently working on. So the biggest thing that I think I want to drive home is that your body can't speak to you in words, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have a voice. And I think this was like revolutionizing for me to realize that when my body like gives me a sign of a physical ache or pain let's just use that for example that is my body's voice that is literally the only way that my body has to communicate with me my body can't just decide one day to be like hey jess yeah uh Just letting you know that there's an inflamed tendon in your foot, so you should probably stop running for just three days and take a few Advil and it'll get better. Uh, Yeah, I'm just letting you know. Yeah, your body doesn't have a voice, like a physical voice like we have, but it gives you signs that are just as clear as having a voice that we just don't know how to listen to. So, Going with that same example, if my body is giving me a physical pain, even if it's 
even no matter how small, that is your body's sign that something is wrong because you literally would not have a pain if nothing was wrong. So number one thing, you get a sign, something is wrong. So now you have to evaluate, okay, what's wrong? And I think this is where we all struggle is this, the part where we have to make a decision based on what our body is telling us and then take action on it. I really do think that this is the part where we don't have enough confidence to actually listen to that sign. But the bottom line that I'm trying to like make right now is that your body doesn't have any other way to communicate. So when it does give you a sign, whether that be physical or emotional, this is its voice. And think about it this way. Imagine if a friend came up to you and told you that that they were hurting, that they emotionally, physically, they were hurting and they needed help. They needed you to do something for them. You wouldn't ignore it. You wouldn't ignore somebody else's voice. Who You wouldn't ignore somebody who is voicing a concern. So why would you ignore your body when it's trying to voice a concern to you? It makes sense when you think about it. But I really think that what it comes down to for us at a personal level is there's a dyssynchrony between your body and your mind. These are just my thoughts. But I think that your mind wants one thing and your body wants another thing. And I think this is the root of the problem for me a lot of the time. For example, my mind wants to do a certain workout. Maybe it's a certain workout that's higher intensity. I feel like I haven't moved my body in days because I've been working and um, I haven't had any time. So my mind wants to do a workout that's going to like go so hard and feel so good and be super rewarding. But my body feels like literal shit. My body is exhausted from work um, physically because I am on my feet for almost 12 hours and my mind is also emotionally and mentally drained because I just had a really long start to the week and it really isn't in a mental place to go do a super high intensity workout. So now there's a dyssynchrony between what my mind wants and what my body wants and that causes so much fatigue on your mind and also stress and what I also think is that the more the mind has control the more we are led down a disordered path because your mind seeks control your mind wants control over things your mind wants to make the decisions but in my opinion when my mind is the leader over my body I'm not led down the best path for me I usually am led to make compulsive decisions that are satisfying unhealthy habits or unhealthy thought processes because like the need to work out or else I'm going to feel like shit about my body um, or the inability to take a break. So I honestly think that what we all need to learn is how to get to the point where we can determine what we need based on how we feel and be able to trust that our body is going to be giving us the signs 
that indicate what it wants and needs. So it's going to give us the signs that it needs an easier day on a work for a workout. It's going to be giving us the signs that we're hungry. It's going to give us a sign when it's when it craves a certain food and is allowing you to have a balanced diet. So I think that it is so important to learn how to listen to your body and trust your body and be led by your body and how you feel rather than what you're thinking. Because I think that for me, at least, my mind is usually the thing that kind of starts the battle. Like, I know that I feel a certain way, like I recognize the feeling, but then my mind initiates a battle where it's like, oh, but you know, you're going to feel like shit about your body if you don't do this, you shouldn't eat this because na-da-da. My mind is the one that's creating the unhealthy battle and my body is the voice that knows what it needs. So I've been trying to lean a lot more into what are the cues that my body is giving me physically, emotionally, and mentally and how do I take an actual action to listen to that. So another thing that I want to bring into this conversation is a term that I recently have kind of come up with for myself, and it's called indecision fatigue. And obviously, something like this might already exist, but for me, indecision fatigue is a term that has been leading me and it works for me. But it's basically where when my mind and my body are in a battle, and I'm in this like spiral of like massive indecisiveness and like I can't figure out what I want to do because my mind wants one thing, my body wants another thing. I can't tell if I'm going to feel better if I work out or if I'm going to feel worse if I work out. I'm calling this indecision fatigue and I'm realizing that I am so much more drained and my overall day is so much worse When I drain myself so much from indecision over what to do that I've just completely ruined my day. So basically what I have realized is that it, it matters less what my decision actually is for the day than how quickly I make the decision. And this is interesting because I actually learned in therapy that there's actually been a study done that shows that when we make decisions both quickly and independently, those are the two key things, quickly and independently, we are so much happier. So this means that we don't drag the decision along. We don't make it an all-day thing that we waste our energy about. We make the decision quickly. We listen to our gut feeling. We don't let our mind get in the way. We listen to our gut, our body. And the second thing is we don't seek help or advice from other people on decisions that have to only do with us. So if I'm trying to decide what whether to work out that day or how how intense I want my workout to be, I've been trying to give myself a window of literally five minutes, maybe 10, to dwell on a decision. And if I haven't made the decision by the end of that that time frame, then it's usually that my mind has been creating a battle in my 
head with what my body really needs or it's that I've hit my limit and I'm done wasting energy on this subject for the day. Like I'm not spending half my day drained over a certain topic like such as listening to my body and what to do for my workout. That's not worth it to me to spend so much of my day worrying about such a small thing, but it obviously feels big to me. It feels heavy in my head when it's, you know, hard to balance everything in my life and like learn how to figure out what feels good for me. But if I'm debating the decision for that long, then it's no longer productive for me at that point. So I think indecision fatigue has helped me to draw parameters for myself and to not go back on decisions. Like once the decision is made, I am moving forward with my day. I am not going to think about it any longer or waste any more energy on it. And again, it's less about the outcome and more about making the decision quickly and moving forward with your day and being led by your body for that decision and trusting that it's the right decision. And I think that this is so important. And I want to tie it back super quick to what I originally said about how making a decision quick, you're more likely to go with your gut and how that actually aligns and correlates with happiness. I want to point out that in this scenario, you are being led by your body. You are you are trusting your body to make the right decision for yourself and, and the outcome is literally scientifically proven to increase happiness. So I think that this just shows the power in trusting your body and being led by the signs it gives you and what it tells you it needs. But anyways, I think we should get into the actual juice of this episode, which is how do we actually trust our body and listen to this voice that it has. So I'm going to run through how we can trust it physically with um, cues that are cueing us to injury and cues that are cueing us um, with like certain eating and hunger cues. And then I'm also going to talk about emotionally how our body speaks to us. So physically, I want to start with hunger cues and intuitive eating. I've gotten a lot of questions about intuitive eating, and I've also heard that term a lot as an athlete, and especially in like eating disorder recovery, like learning how to intuitively eat is a very common uh, thing to talk about. But I don't necessarily agree with all parts of intuitive eating because The issue is that not everybody knows their hunger cues, and if you don't know your hunger cues, you can't intuitively eat in a healthy and adequate way. So I want to focus on talking about hunger cues and how you can learn your own personal hunger cues, and then how that can lead you to intuitively eat. Because a lot of people mistaken hunger cues as oh, let me just wait until my stomach is rumbling and then I'll eat. But that is not, and let me repeat, not the only time you should eat. And I think that that was something that tripped me up with intuitive eating is like, I'm showing signs that I'm hungry 
before my stomach is rumbling. And another piece of this is if you're an athlete and you have a super active lifestyle, whether you're super active at work or you work out daily, your appetite actually gets suppressed by exercise. And it's really important to understand the science behind this because working out at a high intensity and high frequency can suppress your appetite and if you just go by intuitively eating and eating when you are quote-unquote hungry or having a rumbling tummy you may not eat enough for to meet your energy demands and so that is the part of intuitive eating that i don't necessarily agree with Because when you think about it, have you ever done a high-intensity workout and you just do not have an appetite after? That is actually completely normal, but not okay to listen to. Because what happens when you work out is it actually does suppress some hunger-stimulating hormones. So it's why your hunger may actually be delayed after intense workouts. Like, have you ever experienced the feeling of doing an intense workout one day but then the next day is when your hunger hits and you are just literally starving all day and no matter how much food you eat you still feel like you could keep eating yeah that is the effect of a delayed hunger stimulation after intense workouts so but the key part of this is that you still need to fuel even if you don't feel necessarily hungry after a workout it is still so 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 important to replenish your calories burned and replenish all the energy that you used during your workout and i think that if you just solely listen to being hungry you may not be eating enough so that is why i always make it a priority to one, refuel immediately after a workout. The best time to refuel your body is 30 minutes after a workout. Um, That's when you're going to absorb the most nutrients and replenish your energy stores. But I still make it a huge priority to eat every two to three hours when I'm working out intensely, whether that's a meal or a snack, in order to assure myself that I am eating enough and meeting my energy demands. Because if I solely listened to just being hungry, I may not get enough fuel to meet the amount of energy and calories that I'm burning in my exercise if intense exercise is going to suppress hunger stimulation. So I still try to meet this goal of eating every two to three hours to make sure that I eat enough. And I've also just realized that this works for me. Like I, this isn't like a strict schedule, like, oh, ding, 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 it's two hours, I have to have a snack. But it's the point that I've recognized for myself where I start noticing my more subtle hunger cues and I just know that I need fuel. So this kind of leads me right into talking about these subtle hunger cues because this is kind of the way that we listen to our body because I kind of feel like I just went off on a tangent about like how I eat and it kind of sounded too equation-like and but this is the part about intuitive eating that I like is that There is no equation to how to eat, and intuitive eating really emphasizes that there's really no equation, and I made it sound like an equation when I said I try to eat every two to three hours. That's just a goal that I try to hit, but that has come 
from the way that I have evaluated myself through intuitive eating and recognizing my more subtle hunger cues, like I said. So I want to get into talking about some of these because I feel like this is what's going to help you to trust and listen to your body and actually take appropriate action. So obviously a rumbling tummy is a sign of hunger, but so is a sudden dip in your energy level throughout the day, increased tiredness or lethargy, like you're just kind of feeling like you're dragging throughout your day and like feel like you just need an extra boost of energy. Maybe you feel extra irritable. Like I sometimes hit a certain point in the day, if it's been like three hours without any food, like I'm a little irritable and I start noticing it and it's very subtle, but I start noticing that Um, And then even like the energy dip is super subtle. Like I've had to really evaluate myself at like what point do I feel like my energy just dips even a little bit where I start to feel like I'm just like tired, but I'm really not tired because I got a great sleep. But it's that subtle dip in your energy when is when you may need food. Another sign may be just like difficulty concentrating. Um, this is a big one as like a student athlete when like you're constantly doing homework. Something that somebody told me that has always stuck with me is you're not just fueling your body for your like physical energy exertion, like physical activities like running, working out, or playing a sport. You are fueling your brain. You are fueling you are fueling your thoughts, you're fueling your ability to study. So you're fueling more than just your body every single day. You're fueling yourself for daily functioning, um, like higher thinking, and just simply using your brain throughout the day. But I think we oftentimes, well, especially as an athlete, like I think I used to kind of fall into this trap a little bit, but I definitely know that people do, is that you start to equate fueling and eating with directly with physical activity so you just start thinking of it like sort of like an equation like oh I worked out so I need to replenish immediately and whatever but you just equate that your only need to eat is to fuel your body for your physical activity and exercise but we are fueling our body for so much more. We're fueling our our body to give our brain energy. We're fueling our body to just like have enough energy to be ourselves throughout the day, show up as the best version of yourself, have enough energy to meet your emotional needs. Like sometimes emotional needs can be super draining and you need energy for all of that and it is equally as important. So I just think that working to not equate fuel with only physical activity and recognize your need for it every single day is so, so, so important. The one other thing that I want to touch on as far as physical needs and fueling and listening to your body is the subject of learning how to trust your body again after recovering from a previous eating disorder or disordered eating. I have been on a journey with this. I had to fully relearn how to 
trust my body after kind of, I guess, mistreating it for so long. It's a very vulnerable and weird place to be in to feel like you haven't been able to trust your body for so long. And so I hear you if you have experienced that or maybe are experiencing that at the moment. But I want to point out one thing that I think is really powerful. Um, An eating disorder is a psychological issue. It it is oftentimes it can be driven by bodily insecurities or body dysmorphia, but ultimately it is a mental need for control. And there's a lot a lot of the issue is rooted in control and like obsession. So I want to point out that having an eating disorder or disordered eating is very much a mental thing. And um, I want to point out the fact that your body has been speaking to you the whole time. So the thing that you need to gain more trust in after an eating disorder, it feels like you need to gain trust in your body again, but you really need to gain trust and control of your mind again. Because your mind was the thing that was driving you to do all of the things that you used to do that were unhealthy. But your body has been there the whole time. Your body has been giving you those cues and maybe you were ignoring them. Your body has been giving you hunger cues. Your body has continued to be maybe giving you signs that you were mistreating it. But maybe you weren't listening to it because of how overpowering the voice in your head was. So I just want to point out that empowering thought that like your body has been speaking to you this whole time. It's just up to you to now listen to it post eating disorder recovery. And so I started recognizing more and more and more that my body's voice was there. It was giving me signs that it was hungry and it was giving me signs that I was overworking and overtraining. And I'll get into signs of that and injury in a couple of minutes. But it was giving me all of those signs the whole time. I was just choosing to ignore them and continue with my disordered habits because that, to me, was overpowering everything that my body was trying to tell me during that time. So I totally understand how hard it is to regain trust in your body and, like, after a time like that. Like, I definitely had a lot of difficulty trusting my body because I felt like it was going to break on me again. And so, I was just, like, very weary in everything that I did, feeling like I was going to get injured again and was worried that what if I wasn't, still wasn't eating enough. I was just, like, super hyper fixated on that. But I think the more that I leaned into trusting my body and realizing that it was giving me those signs that I needed to actually listen to and take action on is when I actually started to realize that I was starting to just have balance and be a happier person because I was listening to what my body wanted and if it craved something that I didn't necessarily previously deem healthy, I listened to that because you know what? 
there's a reason why your body is craving something. Like, I believe that your body intrinsically knows how to achieve balance. I think that it craves things at the appropriate times and that it's super important to listen to those cravings and what your body wants because you have to trust that your body knows how to balance itself out. I think a big fear of people post eating disorder recovery is that your body is going to go in a whole, the whole entirely opposite direction. I definitely had this fear for a while that if I started to change my diet and have more balance and flexibility and eat a lot of the things that I used to be afraid of, that I was going to like them so much because I restricted them for so long and start going on the complete opposite end of the spectrum and like gain too much weight and be super unhealthy and super unfit. I legitimately had this fear that I was going to go off the deep end onto the other end of the spectrum and I think that the key to this is realizing that you can trust your body and that your body is going to tell you exactly what it needs and it knows what it needs and that the more you listen to it and take an actionable step when your body gives you a sign that it wants something and you follow through and listen to it, the more you're going to realize that it's doing no harm to you. The more you're going to realize that your body is working with you. You are on a team with your body. You and your body are working together to achieve something great and your body is going to give you the right tools for that. And I think that long term, it is way more harmful to go against what your body tells you it needs because then you're not you're not working with it. You're not working with it anymore. You're working against it. And if you want to achieve potential, athletic potential, or even just potential to reach your happiest self, you need to be working harmonious, ha- harmoniously, whatever, however the fuck you say that, in harmony. You need to be working in harmony with your body and trusting that it is going to ask you for exactly what it needs to get you to where you want to go. So now the other thing that I want to talk about with physical signs is injury and burnout. Your body also gives you signs of these things and I think if we reframe and think of of injuries as a way that your body is speaking to you, it's a lot more powerful and it it allows you to take much more intentional action in response to the pain that you feel from an injury or something like that. So for example, if your foot if you're running and your foot starts to bother you, like you start to get a weird pain in your foot and y- your inclination as a runner, cuz I know is going to be to ignore that. Every runner wants to run through pain because we don't want to stop training because we're afraid that inconsistency for one singular day is going to ruin our our progress, which is wrong. But it's okay because I know what that feels like. But let's just say you have a pain in your foot and you're, if you translate that pain in your foot as your body's way of telling you, hey, 
I'm not feeling so great. I'm actually feeling a little bit overtrained right now and I'm super tired. If you just give me two days off to reset, I'll be good to go. But instead, we push through these signs, we push through our body's voice until it's a much bigger problem than it needs to be. So imagine if we viewed pains in our body as a way that our body was speaking to us and actually took action right away. So imagine if I felt that pain and I was like, ooh, my body is flaring something up right now, which is its way of telling me that it's under a lot of stress and it needs a really quick break. And I took two or three days off to cross train and took some Advil, and that pain went away. That saved me from potentially, one, running myself into a more serious injury where I I would have to forcefully have taken weeks off of running. This is one of the biggest lessons that I learned in listening to my body from an injury standpoint in running, is that you can literally save yourself from an injury down the line if you listen to even the smallest of cues. And this takes such wise thinking. Like, this is a very hard thing to do when you have a a large goal in mind and you don't want to sacrifice or compromise anything to get there. But I promise you that listening to your body in these small ways and taking action immediately is going to get you to your goals in a much faster and better way. The key to achieving success and athlete, reaching athletic potential, in my opinion, and many others, is consistency. And the biggest interruption to consistency is injury because it takes you out for big chunks of time. But listening to your body in these small ways and even just taking one to two days off is such a small interruption in consistency that it will not affect your training. But let me tell you, when you have to take weeks or months out out of your training for an injury that you ignored for weeks prior because and it and let it grew into a bigger thing. That's when it starts to compromise and, and, and affect your training and reaching your goals. So it's so much better to listen to the cues early on and take action and just take a break and give yourself one to two days to reset and it'll keep you on track so much better than ignoring these signs. And the same thing goes for burnout and general fatigue and stress. If you feel signs of any of these, like you just don't feel like yourself in training or you have some super stressful external things going on in your life outside of sports or you just feel like you're extra tired. Like maybe you slept like absolute shit for multiple nights in a row and you are so incredibly tired. I highly encourage you to give yourself grace and take the one, two, or three days off that you need to have a mental and physical reset. And if you're still an athlete, I highly encourage you to 
advocate for yourself and talk to your coaches and request this time off. This is going to serve you so much better to realize the power in listening to the cues that your body gives you. Your body doesn't give you a cue or a sign for you to not take any action. That, again, going back to how these signs are your body's only way to communicate with you and it expects you to take an action. So I think that learning how powerful that is and the people who are the most in tune with their body's voice physically are the most successful because they know how to take action accordingly and be smart. Have you ever heard the term work smarter not harder? I think it kind of applies to this scenario of listening to your body when it gives you a physical sign because you're you're allowing yourself to actually stay on track in the long run than if you were to overwork yourself and just keep pushing through a sign that your body is giving you to the point where you're taking yourself out and reducing your ability to reach your potential. And I just do want to add that this idea is still just as significant whether you're in your athletic career or not because right now like I'm in a phase where I'm out of my athletic career but still very much care about exercise and you know how my physical and mental health So this has applied to my life so much still, even though I'm not like actively competing in my sport, it still matters so much that I listen to my body and trust the signs that it gives me because it determines how I show up each and every day for myself. It determines how I show up to work, feeling like the best version of myself. And what I found is that Work has been extremely draining and this is a huge transition in my life and so I'm noticing a lot of things in my body that I haven't noticed before. It's sometimes it even feels more tired now than it did as a D1 athlete which literally boggles my mind. It's like a different type of fatigue like as a athlete I would be sore or tired from a workout but I am my body is like beat up after a nursing shift and I have had to learn how to evaluate and give my body so much grace for that and decide to take a rest day even if it wasn't exactly what I had planned for that day And also finding the balance of like how much my mental health is tied with exercise. So I do need to exercise in order to take care of my mental health. But also at what point is it completely draining my energy and making my physical like symptoms that my body like my body feeling like garbage like at what point is it gonna make that worse so I've had to do a lot of learning and evaluating on this at this point in my life and so this is why this is just so important to talk about and I kind of want to just start wrapping up now but 
I've had to work through this a lot recently, and I definitely wish that as an athlete, I appreciate how much I learned about my body after the fact, but I definitely wish that as an athlete, I listened to these signs more as a voice and trusted them, like listened to a minor pain that popped up or listened to the fatigue that my body was trying to tell me that it was overworked and I even just needed to take a step back for one day. I wish that I listened to those signs like they were a voice and I think my my driving point home with this episode is to realize that the more you honor your body, the more that you will realize that you are becoming the best version of yourself because you're going to start to feel mentally and physically better each and every day and I think that that in itself will build trust in your body because you're going to realize that when you actually follow through and listen to it and honor it and give it grace that the grace that it needs you will feel and become the best version of yourself and I can promise you that because I am working towards that now and I really do feel a difference so anyways with that Thank you all so much for tuning in on this episode. It definitely was an important one to me, and I hope that you were able to gain something from it. And again, I would love to have a conversation about this because I feel like I've gone through many phases of trusting and not trusting my body throughout the last couple of years. So would love to have a further conversation about this, but... I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their day and I'll see you next time on Run On Thought.